Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I remember a lovely Shabbat dinner in Jerusalem when I lived there many years ago. I lived in Katamon, and my friends Tony and Josh at the time lived in Nachlaot, near the Shuk, near the market. About a 40-minute walk from each other, I would say. Anyway, I had a really, really lovely Friday night dinner, very fun Friday night dinner with them. And it went till late, pretty late, and then as it was time to leave, Josh said, oh, I better walk you part of the way home. And we just started walking and walking together. And then we were at my home. And I said, oh, well, we're at my home now, so you better come in. So he came in, we probably drank a l'chaim together. And then it was time for him to go home. And I said, oh, I better walk you part of the way home. I don't remember exactly if I walked him all the way home or, you know, in my imagination, I'd like to say I walked him all the way back to his house and then I went into his house and then he walked me back home and it just went on all night long, but it's not quite like that. But the point of the story is there's something really powerful about the mitzvah in Jewish tradition of hachnasat orachim, of welcoming guests. And we're told, the rabbis tell us that we haven't fulfilled that mitzvah, really, until we until we accompany our guests part of the way home, which is such a lovely, rich idea, you know, that we bring people into our home. What, what does that mean? And I've talked about this uh, in, previous, in previous podcasts here, but what does it really mean to bring people into our, into our home? And we learn it really from, from this week's Pasha, from this week's Torah reading. And the models, really, of, of this kind of hospitality are Abraham and Sarah, who, according to tradition, had a tent that was completely open on all sides so they could look out for people wandering in the desert and bring them into their tent. And we see at the beginning of this amazing story, Abraham, who is supposedly three days after his uh, circumcision, his Brit Milat, 99 years old, is sitting in the heat of the desert sun at the entrance of his tent. Chom Hayom, in the heat of the day. And he, he looks up, he lifts his eyes, and there's some kind of apparition, some kind of vision that he sees. Shloshan Hashim, three men are walking towards him. And you can kind of imagine the haziness of that mirage-like image and the tradition tells us these three men are not men but angels and Avraham in his old and weakened state immediately gets up and runs to, towards them and greets them and brings them into his tent and washes their feet from their journey and brings them in and makes them a, a meal and they stay the night and all of those elements, including then, the next morning, uh, walking them part of their way, are all connected to this powerful, powerful obligation that we have to host, to host people.
I love hosting people in my house. I love making dinner for people. I love it when I have guests staying, um, you know, from out of town and people come and they stay in my house. I'm, I'm very blessed with, with space to host people. And I'm also very aware of my limits. I'm very aware of the fact that we live in a world where it's kind of scary to be with people that we don't know because we don't know them. We don't know who they are and we live in a world where just every day we're bombarded with horrible stories about what people are capable of doing for each other. So it makes us guarded, I think. It makes us guarded in our hearts and certainly in our homes. You know, we pay so much money for security, you know, for um, alarm systems and and locks and, you know, keep our doors locked and all of that. And it's because we live in a, in a pretty scary culture. We don't sit outside our homes watching for weary travelers and, and, and run to greet them and invite them in. No, we don't. Very few of us do that. And most of us who enjoy hosting, to be honest, and I include myself in this mostly, we want to host the people that we're comfortable being with. We want to host friends and family and people that we know. And our tradition really <laughs> challenges us to say, what about bringing people into your home that you don't know? The stranger, the lonely and vulnerable people who, who don't have the opportunity to enjoy Shabbat meals necessarily with other people. And of course, how do we, as a community and as a society, as a culture, welcome or at least acknowledge the poor and needy and vulnerable among us? Later on in the, in the same Parsha, we have the, the chilling story of Sodom and Gomorrah and the, the destruction of those places. And we have... Avraham again, this this model of hospitality, who also is is a model of someone who challenges challenges de, you know decisions with a sense of extreme justice. When God expresses God's intention to wipe out this this immoral place, Avraham says, "Khalila, like that's so beyond who you are or who I perceive you to be, God. Come on." What if there are 50 righteous people? What if there are 45 righteous people? 40, 20, and eventually 10? Avraham says to God, are you going to destroy this whole place if there are 10 righteous people? And God hears Abraham and, uh, and agrees that he will save Sodom for the sake of 10 righteous people. But we know the story doesn't go that way and, and the city is destroyed only Lot and his family Abraham's nephew are saved but there's so much to say about that story of course and the, the power of of Abraham to stand up for justice that's part of it but there's something else like what is it about this place that ended up having this sort of fiery hail wiping it out 
and it's connected to this notion of hospitality you know the rabbis say that Rabbi Yehuda says in uh, Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer that the people of, of Sodom issued a proclamation saying that everyone who strengthens the hand of the poor and the needy with a loaf of bread shall be burnt by fire it's so crazy that there was this legislation in this place this place of Sodom we think of Sodom more than anything else as being this center of depraved sexual morality and the idea that seemingly the, the people of the, of, of, the, of the city wanted to to rape these guests rather than rather than host them these three people who are actually angels who part of their mission was to destroy this place and they came to kind of check it out and these people wanted to, to rape them and abuse them it's it's horrific kind of what goes on especially especially in our in our me too society right now where so many people are are coming forward with with horrible allegations of, of sexual misconduct um, connected to very public figures but it's not just a civilization that had no morality in that sense it's a civilization and perhaps the two are connected that that did the opposite of welcoming guests it abused guests they wanted to create an infrastructure of society where you could not help needy people in that society it would be a, a sort of capital offense to do so it seems unbearable to have a society that was that was based on that that cared so little about people in need and yet we see around the world and around our own country aspects of that how welcoming are we to refugees and to strangers to outsiders how much does our society really care about those who have nothing we're in a period in in the city of Boulder where we're we're voting, and in the election there's there's a lot at stake in terms of what kind of city we want Boulder to be. I remember um, a few years ago, I think it was in 2014, being horrified by this story in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where uh, a 90-year-old man called Arnold Abbott was arrested arrested uh, for trying to feed homeless people in the city unbelievable unbelievable he 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 i think was arrested twice for giving food to the homeless people in the city and at the time it turned out to be the case that 40 cities in the US between 2013 and 2014 tried to criminalize the act of helping someone who was poor and vulnerable. I mean, it's just un unthinkable, right? And this is the sort of morality that we associate with, with Storm, with Sodom. And that's a big part, according to the rabbis, of, of, of why and how that place was destroyed. A culture that was based around greed, 
and a lack of generosity and hospitality. And so we have these extraordinary contrasting stories. The opening of this week's Parsha Vayera, which is about the vision, the vision that Avraham sees as he lifts his eyes and sees these three angel people coming towards him and the, the unbelievable willingness for him and for Sarah to, to bring them in to their tent. And then we see the opposite story with the citizens of Sodom and their cruelty and greed and selfishness and immorality and abusiveness. And so the Pasha really, really challenges us, really, really challenges us. Who are we going to be? Are we going to be descendants of Abraham and Sarah, helping to create homes and communities and cities and societies that welcome, even when it's uncomfortable? When we set extra places at our table to invite guests into our homes that we don't know? Or are we, God forbid, going to be like the descendants of Sodom and be complicit in a world that has the capacity for so much greed and selfishness and turning away the stranger and the refugee? It's a harsh question, and I think when we hear the question, we, of course, want to imagine ourselves to be like Abraham and Sarah and to be models of hospitality. And yet how willing are we really, how willing are we really able to be in terms of pushing beyond the discomfort? May our homes, our communities, our places of worship be microcosms for the kind of world that we want to create and the world we want to live in. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.